word. Come on, just because I'm not physically there doesn't mean I can't hear you. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word, not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you today for your word. We believe that your word is anointed. And I pray that you will use me as an oracle of God to speak into the lives of your people. And I declare because of your word, signs, miracles, and wonders will follow our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, although I am not physically with you today, I wanted to share a powerful principle that has blessed my life and has continued to bless my life. And I know it will definitely change your life for the better. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to get them out. And uh, I want to start today's lesson out just by asking a question. How many of you out there by the showing of hands have experienced the joy of being promoted or the joy of having experienced someone else's promotion? If you would just raise your hand right there. Let me see. So pretty much everybody have either experienced promotion or know someone who was excited about their promotion. Well, I believe God has designed certain kingdom keys. Say that with me. Say kingdom keys. He's designed some kingdom keys that function as principles. And these keys that function as principles will open specific doors. And I believe the principles that I'm going to be sharing with you today will unlock the doors of promotion in your life. So if you're taking notes, the title of today's message is Principles of Promotion. Principles of Promotions. In fact, say that with me. Say Principles for Promotion. So if you have your Bibles, I actually want you to find three verses of Scripture today. I want you to find Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. And then Psalm 78, verses 70 through 72. Now, while you're finding those, and I'll say them again, Psalm 75, verses 6 through 7, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, and then Psalm 78, verses 70 through 72. And most of the verses will come up on the screen, so if you can't find them fast enough, you'll still be able to follow me. While you're finding those verses, I want to take the time to define the word promotion. Now, the word promotion can be defined in two ways. I'm going to first define it in the dictionary that we can just look up every day. In the dictionary, the word promotion means to advance in rank, in position, to move further, and to be pushed onward. I like that. I'm going to say that again. Advancement in rank, it means, or in position, it also means to move 
further, and then promotion means to be pushed onward. And here's what I thought was great about the definition. Although our past work achievements may have been a part of the criteria that promoted us, it's our untapped potential or what we have not done that will help us succeed once we're promoted. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what do you mean? In other words, most people get raises and because raises show how hard they work, they forget that a raise and a promotion are different. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Raises show how hard you work on the level that you are currently on. But promotion is based on your potential of future work not yet done on a level you're not currently on. And here's the sad thing, I think, with most believers. Most believers want promotion for money, but not for the work. The average person wants promotion to get paid more, but to do less. So my goal today is to expose some biblical principles, say biblical principles. I want to expose some biblical principles for promotion that you may not currently see in God's word for yourself that God has really shown me. Now, there are some worldly principles to promotion. I mean, you can be a brown noser and instead of Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer, we'll just have a song that's called You Off the Brown Nosed Reindeer. No one likes the brown nose. Well, I believe there is a higher way of being promoted other than brown nosing. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a brown noser? Now look at your other neighbor and say, don't ask me that again. All right. Many Christians, for some reason, think that they can grow independently of people and even a church when even in the natural to be able to grow on your own is impossible. For example, to physically grow as a baby, guess what? You need someone to feed you, someone to care for you, someone to nurture you. That's in the natural. I mean, even for you to learn how to count, for you to learn how to read, even for someone for, to learn how to ride a bike, for the most part, someone else had to teach you how to do that. Well, for some reason, when it comes to our spiritual growth as Christians, we adopt this solo, lone ranger, independent attitude that because, you know, we have this relationship with God, you know, I can hear God by myself, I can read God's word by myself, and you know, those things are true. The only thing is God created us to grow within and as part of a body. Ephesians 4 verse 10, just take notes on that. It says, he that ascended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. This is talking about Jesus, that he may fill all things. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And here is why. For the perfecting of the saints so that the saints can do the work. And that word work also can be translated for the word serving. You know, in the book where Martha was serving, the Bible says she was cumbered about with much serving. This is the same word here. So it says for the perfecting of the saints, 
for the serving, watch this now, of ministry. Those fivefold positions are there to help you get perfected into serving in ministry and not just serving on your job. Amen. So let me give you a take-home thought and we're going to jump right into the first point. Here's a take-home thought that I just wanted you, want you to think about. Everybody say, hmm. All right. God has not called us to grow by ourselves, neither to go by ourselves. I'm going to say that again. God has not called us to grow by ourselves, neither to go by ourselves. What do you mean by that? You can't grow by yourself. I just gave you examples of that. But neither can you go by yourself. I mean, Jesus even sent his disciples two by two. And some of you all may be thinking, well, Pastor Evan, I have spiritually grown and I'm not serving in the church and I'm not connected to people. I don't go to a small group. You know, I'm growing. No, what you have done, in my opinion, is confuse gaining knowledge with growing. Anybody can gain knowledge. But growing takes place when you interact with people. That's why listening to the message on the podcast or listening to a church message online or even streaming online to watch uh, a church service, guess what? Doing that is good for knowledge's sake, but it will never maximize your potential. It only adds to the knowledge base that you have. For example, there are certain things you need people to help you with. When I first got married, which uh, I was 29, I think, when I got married, as spiritual as I was and as mature as I was, guess what? I didn't know I was moody. You know, my wife is a firecracker. The way she goes to bed is the way she wakes up. I mean, she's the energizer bunny when she goes to bed, and she's the energizer bunny when she gets up. Me, I need a little bit more time in the morning. I get up, though. I'm an early bird, but I don't really want to talk to 100 people or have 100 conversations. I just kind of need to get myself together. Well, it wasn't until I was married that I realized that I was moody. So I had to work on that. So here's point number one, if you're taking notes, and I only have two points for you today. Point number one is this, promotion starts with God and not with my job. I'm going to say that again. Promotion, say promotion, promotion starts with God and not with my job. See, most people are working, 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 working hard on their job not realizing that promotion doesn't start with their job, it starts with their God. Another way of saying it is promotion begins with God and can end with a better job. Now go to Psalm 75, like I said, Psalm 75. Let's look in verse six, because I want to prove this principle to you, because once you know that promotion starts with God and not your job, then your focus can be on pleasing God and not on pleasing man. Psalm 75, look at verse 6. It says, for promotions, everybody say promotion. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God. God is the judge. He puts down one 
and he sets up another one. Now, I love the living Bible translation of that verse. This is what it says. For promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and he disposes another. In other words, promotion starts from the top and that top is God. In other words, promotion starts vertical and not horizontal. Amen. Now, let me give you the biblical definition of that word promotion in Psalm 75 verse 6. It means to rise or to raise or to lift up. So it is God's will for us to be promoted. But I think the average person don't know the principle or the keys to be promoted. And when most people desire to get promoted, one of the first things I think they do is they normally update their resume. No, no, no. When you understand this system, you don't start promotion horizontally. You start promotion vertically. Amen. What the first thing a believer ought to do, in my opinion, is to look up and then serve out. So turn quickly to Psalm 121. I know I didn't give that to you, but since we're in the book of Psalm, you might as well turn over to that. Go to Psalm 121. I want to give you another verse that I think is fantastic, and it mirrors the principle that we're talking here. Here's our first point again. Promotion starts with God and not with my job. Now, if you're here and you own a business, I'm just not, you say, well, pastor, I'm at the top of the chain. I own a business. How can I be promoted? What you don't realize is promotion is not just within a job or business. What if God promotes you of having more influence with those who work for you or those who work with you? That's influence. What if you are a single mom and God promotes you to be an advocate for your community? I mean, look at Deborah in the Bible. She was a mother and ended up being a judge. She got promoted by God. So promotion can come in all different ways. I don't want us to think it's just about getting more money because it's not. Amen. Uh, God even uh, gave Joshua a, a promotion. He says, I'm going to magnify you in the eyes of the people today. That's a promotion. Amen. So uh, in Psalm 121, watch what it says. It says, this is David talking. He says, I will lift my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. Watch this now. What kind of help? My help to be promoted. My help comes from who? Who? Come on, class. Who? The Lord. My helps come from the Lord. And look how powerful the Lord is who made heaven and earth. Man, not only is God's help there for me to be promoted, but he made everything on this earth that belong that that's here to help me get promoted. I love the I'm going to continue reading. It says, "He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber." I mean, in the middle of being promoted, God doesn't sleep. Your boss does not always know what you're doing, but God does. And then it goes on to say in verse 7, I'll just say in here. It says, "The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out." 
I love this. And he will preserve your coming in. What is that saying? When God promotes you, man can't demote you. Amen. Now turn to 1 Samuel 16 as we get on the, go toward our second point and wind down our message. 1 Samuel 16, because this whole story to me depicts promotion in its fullest. It's the story of David. And uh, in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, I'm going to just kind of give you an outline of what this story is about. You know, Saul had messed up his king. And so God was like, hey, I need another king for myself. And so he had told Samuel, look, I want you to go down to Jesse's house. And when you get there, uh, I'm going to pick a king for myself. So that's kind of like the context. So look in verse 1. It says, and the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? seeing I have rejected him over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided, I have provided. Notice now, God had already provided something that he already wanted. He says, I have provided me a king among his sons. Now, let me show you what's key about that. Look up at me now. It says he was going to provide him a king among his sons, which means that every one of David's, I mean, uh, Jesse's sons had an opportunity to be the king. Well, I'm going to show you, hopefully, before we finish, what made David stick out. So in verse two, it says, and Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul here, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord and call Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. I will show you what you shall do. Notice God was guiding this man in who he was picking to be promoted. And he says, and you will anoint unto me him who I name unto you. Now, let's skip down to verse five. Let's jump down to verse five. And it says, and he said, peacefully, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come to me or with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and he called them to the sacrifice. Verse six. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked now. Watch this now. The person that is looking is Samuel. That's who's looking right now. It says, he came and he looked on Eliab and he said this, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And then verse seven, it says, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or the height of his stature because I have refused him. For the Lord, watch this now, see it not as man see it. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So watch this now. Here's a key. Here's a key. Notice now this promotion that David is about to get had nothing to do with how he looked on the outside. It had all to do with what was on the inside. Now, I'm going to skip and uh, we'll come back and finish reading 
those particular verses. But but here's something that I want to throw at you. If God chooses a person based on the condition of their heart, then you and I need better hearts and not better resumes. Touch your neighbor and say, that was good. That was good. Go ahead and touch them. I'm going to say that again. If God chooses based on the condition of my heart, whether a person gets promoted or not, then we need better hearts and not just better resumes. Amen. We need better hearts instead of just a better education. Now, I'm not against education. I'm just saying we don't know if David had gone to college. We don't know what his educational background was, but I'm here to say to you that his outward experience, his outward part didn't matter to God. It was the inward part. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Which brings me to my second point. And my second point is this. A pure heart always comes before a skilled hand. I'm going to say that again. A pure heart. Everybody say a pure heart. A pure heart always comes before a skilled hand. Another way of saying it is a clean inside will help you have a quality outside. I'm going to say that again. A clean inside will help you have a quality outside. See, that's the problem with that the Pharisees had. You know, Jesus said, hey, you know, the cup is clean on the outside, but on the inside is like raving and wolves. Some people serve great on the outside, but their hearts are terrible on the inside. Now go to Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 78. Look in verse 70 here, because this particular verse Man, this is one of those verses that if I could tear it out of my Bible and chew it, I would rip the page out and eat it. I mean, this is a very powerful verse and it exudes the principle that I'm talking about. Psalm 78, look in verse 70. It says, he, God, chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfold. Now, notice this, that God chose David from the sheepfold. In other words, God knew where David was in order for him to be promoted. He took him from the sheepfold. From following the great youths with young, he brought him to feed Jacob and his people. Verse 72, very powerful. So he, David, fed them who Israel according, watch this now, to the integrity of his heart. And he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. In other words, David's hands did not come before his heart. And if you want to be promoted by God, it doesn't start with your hand. It starts with your heart. Now, I want to read Proverbs chapter 23, uh, chapter 4, verse 23. This is what it says. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The message translation of Proverbs 4.23 says this. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. 
So here's a critical question. Here's a critical question. What is the difference between heart people and hand people? Because if you notice now, it says that David, he led them uh, with the integrity of his heart and by the skillfulness of his hands. Am I demeaning the skillfulness of your hands? And the skillfulness of your hand is just the natural. You know, you went to school, you got a bachelor's degree, a, a master's degree, a doctor's degree, or, uh, or you have 20 years in this industry and this experience, and or you may be good at what you do. Okay, that's the hand that I'm talking about. So what is the difference between a person's heart and the difference between a person's hand? Well, heart people will do it or do anything because it needs to be done while hand people are mentally or physically logging the extra time to see if they're going to get credit for it. Boy, it's quiet. Look at your neighbor and say, it's quiet in here. Amen. Heart people do it because it needs to be done. Hand people, they are mentally and physically logging it to see if they're going to get credit for it. Here's number two. Heart people considers God's will first and money second, while hand people consider the money first, whether it's God's will or not. I'm amazed at believers who go and apply for jobs and they get this offer and this offer makes them more money, but it's going to end up making them more miserable. I don't get it. I mean, and then the question that I ask people is, did you pray about it? Well, I know, I always know, you know, it's cordial. It looks terrible if you're a Christian and someone says, did you pray about it? And they say no. So after I ask that question, then I ask them the next one. And that is, then what did God say? And you know what? Most of the time they say, well, I haven't heard God say anything. So why would you take a job just because it paid more money and was going to make you more miserable? Let me give you an example. Years ago when I was in college, I got ready to graduate and uh, I was confessing I would have three or four job offers to choose from before I graduated. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And I'll never forget, two of the job offers were in Ohio. One happened to be working for the government and the other one was working for a Fortune 500 affiliate company. Okay, so we went and I interviewed with both of them. And of course, at the time, the government job was paying more than the other job. And uh, it wasn't that much more. It was like two or $3,000 more a year. But hey, when you are coming out of college, a dime is a dime. And so I was thinking about just taking the government job. And then I did something that most people don't do. I acknowledged God in all my ways. And you know what? I prayed about it. And the Lord says, Evan, I don't want you to take the government job. I want you to take the other job. And watch this. In five years, I went from making $18,000 to $40,000. Amen. So heart people considers if it's God's will. Hand people consider the money first, whether it's God's will or not. Jesus did not offer the disciples pay in order for them to follow him. I mean, he didn't have no, no 401k package and, you know, he's walking down the street with these compensation packages in his hand and say, hey, Andrew, uh, here you go. Here's a good package. No, 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 no. It was calling first and cash second. Here's the last one. Heart people will do something 
whether someone is looking or not, when hands people need the credit and need to be seen. I'm going to say it again. Hard people will do something whether someone sees it or not. Hand people needs the credit and need to be seen. Ephesians 6, verse 5, I'm just going to read it. Verse 5 through 8, it says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart, as unto Christ. Verse 6, not with eye service, not while they're looking, as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as unto the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord. In other words, when you do what you do, it's not for your boss. It's not for your job. It's not for your company. It's really for God. Amen. So here's the question. And I think this question applies as we close here. How do we apply this message to our lives so that we can start seeing promotion? Well, first of all, just remember this, that God sees you right where you are. Just remember now, he saw David in the middle of a sheep field and his dad did not even think enough to him of, of him to even bring him to this anointing service. He left him out there, but God knew where he was. So you have to remember God sees you right where you are and can promote you. He see if you're stacking those paper tiles up, right? If you work at a grocery store, he, see, he sees, he sees if you're doing the reports, right? He sees that here's. And so, so let me say it like this. Work hard right now and not later. Here's the second thing. Keep a clean heart by using what I call daily spiritual washing powder. So what is daily spiritual washing powder? The word. You know, the word will keep your heart right. Amen. But here's the main one as we close. Go to 1 Samuel 16. Go to 1 Samuel 16 as we close here. I'm going to put my reading glasses on so I can look smarter than what I am. First Samuel chapter 16. Here's the third thing that we need to do in order for us to activate the principles for promotion. And this comes right out of the life of David in this story that we're reading is that we must start serving and keep serving. Say this with me. Say start serving and keep serving. Amen. So watch this now. I'm going to start reading at verse 14 as we close. 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we're going to look in verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now, I can go into that, but I won't talk about that. It says, And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubles you. He says, Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before you to seek out a man who is a cunning player on the heart, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit is come upon him that he will play with his hands and you will be well. And Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants, behold, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing and a mighty man of valor, a mighty man of war and prudent in matters and, com and a comely person. And the Lord is with him. And guess who that person was? It was David. Watch this. 
How would they know David could play the harp? How would they know he was a prudent person if those weren't things he was already doing while he was a shepherd boy? And many of you in this room today, you're holding up, you're holding back talents and giftings and ideas from where you are now because you're waiting on the promotion. I'm saying to you, give it all you got right now. Watch this now. Let me show you something interesting. When Saul needed someone to play the harp, to calm down his demons, and they went to go get David. Let me show you where David was when they got him. Because watch this now. Remember, he got anointed to be the king. So this is where most believers mess up. Watch where they found uh, David. It says in verse 19, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David, your son, who are with the sheep. Oh my God. David was with the sheep. He got anointed to be king. Watch this. And went right back to doing what he was doing. What, is, what am I saying? Sometimes it can be your time and not your turn. So you know what I want to do now? I want you, because some of you all are already serving in ministry, and you're saying, Pastor, how does this apply to me? I'm saying, check your heart. Keep it right. Because some of you all have a volunteer heart and not a servant's heart. Ooh. You say, what's that? A volunteer heart is a person that says, hey, I only have this much time on this day. And I, I, I. No. A servant says, whatever you need done, I will do it. And let me just say this to you. Jesus didn't call volunteers. He called servants. So what is God saying to you today? That's my question. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to just pray for you because I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you and see what he's saying to you about this message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word today. And I pray that those who heard it, it's fallen on good ground. And that you, by your spirit, will help them know what to do, how to start this. And so that they can get in position to be promoted by you. And Lord, I know and I sense that there is a lot of people that they know what you've called them to do, but they're, they're confused on their time versus their turn. It was time for David to be anointed, but it wasn't his turn to be the king yet. And I just pray that you will give them wisdom to know the difference those who are not serving in ministry at all, I pray that this message will light a fire in their hearts to serve the person where promotion starts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together.